God, let these words be more than words. Give us the spirit of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. In just a few moments, the congregation will file up the center aisle here at Holy Communion to receive ashes. We will disfigure our faces just as Jesus encourages us not to do. I always find that funny that we read that reading on Ash Wednesday. Don't disfigure your faces, and then what do we do? Still, the invitation stands. And I encourage you to approach, to hear the words, Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. I invite you in just a moment to come forward to hear those words, but to hear in them the implicit grace, the freedom, even the joy. Joy may seem an odd word to use on Ash Wednesday, a day when we talk about sin and repentance. As the preacher William Sloan Coffin used to say, many people have just enough religion to make themselves miserable. Back when I was in seminary, Lent was awful. When people ask me what seminary was like, I often reply, Well, anytime you put 200 people in a room who believe that God is calling them to do something, you end up with a lot of crazies. That statement's only partly true, but seminarians tend to be a dreadfully serious bunch. And Lent brings out the worst in serious Christians. And during Lent, it was almost impossible to prepare a meal for folks at the seminary. Someone would have given up gluten. Someone else had given up sugar. Half the seminary was vegetarian all year long, but suddenly in Lent, almost everyone became vegan. Dinner parties regularly featured quinoa and kale as the main dish. <laughs> Some seminarians even took to wearing their black cassocks, the long black robes, not just to chapel, but all day to class and to meals. The dressing up would have been normal at the Roman Catholic seminary across town, but for some of their more Protestant Episcopal brethren, seeing the black-robed seminarians gave cause for much eye-rolling. When you compare fasting practices, when one-upmanship enters the game, Lent can become problematic. Thankfully, most Christians don't spend three years at seminary, but for Christians, Lent can be busy work. We give something up or take something on. We become serious about our faith. What if all that work isn't what Lent is about? What if Lent is more simple? In today's gospel, I wonder if Jesus is trying to simplify faith. Don't make it too much work. Don't use too many words. Don't disfigure your face. Don't worry about how others perceive your faithfulness. Pray simply. In another place in the gospel, Jesus' followers ask him, how should we pray? He says, say this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. What if your Lenten discipline this year was simply to pray as Jesus taught? Find five minutes of quiet each day and simply say the Lord's Prayer.
Could Lent be that simple? Father J.J. O'Leary is a Jesuit priest who used to teach at my college, the University of San Diego. I've quoted a homily of his almost every Ash Wednesday I've preached. He preached probably the most memorable homily in all of my Ash Wednesdays. J.J. was a prolifically brief homilist. His reflection seldom lasted over five minutes, something I can't promise you today. J.J.'s homilies were short, and they often concluded with a direction, to go into your hearts. J.J. would hold silence for a minute or two at the end of the sermon, and he'd ask you to go into your heart and consider some spiritual truth he had shared. And that Ash Wednesday, Father J.J. said simply, that when we give something up for Lent, God doesn't want us to give up things that make us happy. If we enjoy chocolate or a martini at the end of a long day, we shouldn't give them up. God wants us to give up something that makes us sad, he said. Then he said, I invite you to go into your hearts and consider what you might give up for Lent that makes you sad. That was the whole homily. Disciplines are not meant to be muscular expressions showing what ascetic lives we can live. Often, I think, we treat Lent as an exercise in control. We give up something or take something on that's too difficult. We try to control an aspect of our life, an aspect of our time. But discipline in Christianity is not about control. Discipline has the same root as disciple. Discipline is about letting go. It's about following. It's about surrender. We don't encounter God through self-control. We find God when we let go. After all, you don't seize love. You fall in love. I'm aware that sometimes preachers get caught up in nuance, and this may seem like nuance. Why does it matter if my Lenten discipline is about self-control? Isn't self-control a good thing? Well, sure, it can be. But our society is addicted to control. It's addicted to control in ways that I think can do damage to our souls. Ash Wednesday is about knowing our limits. Some time ago, I had dinner with a friend who works as a therapist. We have the kind of friendship that allows us to cut through the usual pleasantries. When we ask one another, how are you? We don't expect the usual, oh, I'm fine. So early in the conversation, my friend shared that a longtime client had recently completed suicide. I'm so sorry, I said. My friend continued, saying that she was doing pretty well, but couldn't shake that old gnawing sense. Maybe I could have said something, done something, and my client would still be alive. I was surprised at first to hear this from a friend with a background in psychology, training and therapy. In her graduate program, just like in my seminary program, you hear over and over again, you're not in control of outcomes, especially in the arena of mental health. 
still it's hard to accept our limits. I took it as a mark of the friendship that she was willing to share with me how she was feeling, not put on airs and pretend she had it all together. She said she'd been talking to her own therapist, she was all right. But her reaction to death, it's pretty common. Oftentimes for months, even years after someone dies, close family members will ask, should I have gotten her to the hospital sooner? Could I have known his heart was failing? Grief often manifests as guilt. Into those questions, could I have said something? Should I have done something different? Comes the reality of Ash Wednesday. Remember, you are dust. We are all finite. We have limits. We won't ever be able to say all the right things, do all the right things. No matter what we do, eventually we will die. Our time on this earth is relatively short. To dust you shall return. Being finite is not cause for alarm. In life, as the old saying goes, there are only two sure things, death and taxes. We all go down to the grave. We all have our limits. In Kubler-Ross's stages of grief, the last step is acceptance. The last step to moving through grief is acceptance. Until we accept the loss, until we accept our limits, we cannot fully move forward. The sense of regret, of course, is not limited to literal death. Many of my activist friends lately have been caught in questions related to guilt. Could I have done more? Could we have persuaded more voters? And some are moving from a place of disillusionment. But disillusion isn't bad. It means losing your illusions. Knowing your limits means knowing that progress, it doesn't often shoot straight out like an arrow. Progress swings like a pendulum. For my activist friends, we need to know that we'll have to take on some small causes. Like the folks that Isaiah was speaking to, we may have to brick by brick build the wall, repair the street, find small places to build consensus these days. We'll need to build momentum first, and that can feel like loss. If you try to muscle your way through loss, if your faith is all about regret, about would have, should have, could have, if you try to overwork yourself through life, you will make yourself miserable. And, to be honest, you'll make everyone around you miserable as well. Lent is a season of atonement. Slow that word down a bit. Atonement. At one meant. Lent is about honestly confronting our limits and our own failings. It's about being at one, about becoming whole. The root of holy and the root of whole are the same. Becoming at one. 
It means that we have to know our limits. We have to know our shadow side. When we accept the things we cannot change, when our discipline allows us to surrender, we are set free to encounter God. When we acknowledge that we are not finally in control, we can encounter the God who helps us to stand in love. Lent is simple, deceptively simple. Lent is about accepting our limits. Lent is about giving up what makes us sad. Faith is about falling in love and following Jesus. You don't need to make a big show of fasting or compare your practice to others. You don't need to have the right answers in faith. You just need to let go, to let yourself fall in love. When we act out of love, we have a much greater chance of helping God's kingdom to come, God's will to be done on earth as in heaven. You will return to dust. We all return to dust. But when we do, we also return to God. When we accept that we are limited, we can sense our ever-present connection to the limitless God. When we know our destination, in the end, we return to the one who creates us, who redeems us, who sustains us in this life. Our life has limits, yes. But when we accept our limits, we can encounter the limitless life, the limitless love of God. Amen.